0: Unique, yet common-sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. All right, my pleasure to have us on the show this week. We're going to go Jeff Squared as Jeff Sharon of Black and Gold Banneret, And, of course, your public address voice of UCF football. Jeff and basketball. Jeff in the evening. That's yes. what we need to call it. <laughs> there we go. We got a theme. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, it's always good to have you on, man. Thanks for being taking the time. I know you're busy this time of year.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it, I believe it or not, we're like, we're winding down the fall, right? So football season's over, but basketball season's kicking up. So, you know, it, it, w- the crossover there is is over now, but yeah, it's actually starting to get more busy as we hit the holidays, so, but uh, I always got time for you,
0: Jeff. Yeah, I appreciate that very much, as always, always. as always, so, <laughs> um before we get started, though, because uh, you know when when you uh, when we were uh, uh, on text today, you sent me the little uh, the little cartoon. You know, uh, watching the Giants, watching the Dolphins. So you're actually giving up watching the Giants to do this, or are you? Uh, you got to you get eyeball on this. I,
1: I have I have a scoreboard over here. Okay, um, right. I'm not watching it because I'm a cord cutter. I'm not actually watching it live to save myself bandwidth.
0: <laughs> okay, gotcha. So, <laughs> so, and,
1: and you know, I probably don't want to watch it. Anyway, I'm just saying, you yeah. know.
0: But I will ask you this. So I watched the open and boy they they did a whole big thing on Tommy DeVito, the savior of New York football. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I guess ESPN's gotta do something to pump up Jersey, the gate. <laughs> Jersey zone Tommy DeVito. Yes. Don't forget he had yes. the best did you see the
1: touchdown celebration he, he, he pulled out during with the Yeah, yes, kiss? yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: Listen. I, he's from he's from like three towns over from where I'm originally from okay all right and let me tell you this is the best thing to ever happen <laughs> ever all right a New Jersey kid okay this is like like Victor Cruz is from Patterson uh Tommy DeVito's from Livingston and I'm from Nutley look it up it, we're all, like, in the same – like, when the Victor Cruz – we were all – all the Jersey guys were all bummed when Victor Cruz's career kind of ended after he blew out his knee, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we were – that was, like, we were heartbroken. And now we have Tommy DeVito. And, and it like, we know – all right, we know the Giants are not good, okay? But if you're not going to be good, at least be interesting. And Tommy DeVito has made the Giants – interesting at least to to us jersey folk okay hey, so brings a little let us time. have this <laughs> we know he's gonna we know he's gonna end up on the houston gamblers probably next year you know just just but but we can have this we can have this
0: yeah no i you know it, it is kind of a fun story I, I definitely will admit that but boy espn really stretched it it just to, to you know and i you I, I get it you know i get it
1: i mean you gotta do you gotta do something I mean, it, you know, it's it's you're playing Green Bay, yeah, Jordan Love and all that, but you know, the Packers are not the Packers. This was, yeah, I think everyone thought this would be, you know, I mean, it would be the Packers and and Daniel Jones, and maybe if Jordan Love was good, it would be kind of a a matchup for two playoff teams. But I mean, at least the Packers are kind of still in the hunt. But yeah, it's just been it's been a rough year for 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 New York football in general. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: So. All right, well, let's talk some UCF football. So there's a there was a lot of prevailing opinions on okay going into the first Big Twelve season, what would be a successful season? Where did you stand in that, and uh, where do you stand now as far as uh, their first year in the Big Twelve?
1: Right where we are, <laughs> six and six in a bowl game. That's that was my thought, and and, and I as a as a fan, I was like, you know. I, I kinda had two two thoughts. I was like, well, prediction wise, I'm thinking six and six in a bowl game. I don't care what happens in the bowl game. I don't want to predict what happens in the bowl game because you don't know who you're gonna play, where you're gonna play them, I and any of that. Six and six get to a bowl. And the other part was uh, finish at the top of the four new schools in the in the Big Twelve. And if I'm not mistaken, that's exactly yep. what we did, right? Yep. So So mission accomplished as far as I'm concerned, you know, we finished, okay, we finished three and six in conference. And and I I will say one thing. A lot of people are going to say, you know, well, we had the two, we had three losses by a combined four points. Mm -hmm. Right. And I get it. But this also I think shows us the real difference between you know, where UCF is as a program now and the, the roster and the depth and the talent level compared to where it needs to be and will get to in the next three to four years. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, we saw, I, I tweeted out this graph a while ago that showed TCU, I think it was TCU Louisville in Utah. And it was kind of a crossover from their last three years in their old conferences, Mountain West, uh, in the case of Utah, and TCU, Louisville, in the in I, I, the Big East, I guess you would say, and into the ACC and the Big Twelve at large, and there is a drop. I mean, and there is a drop off, but then it picks back up for for both of them, mm-hmm. really. And we've seen what Louisville has done. You know, this year, granted they've been in there, they've been the ACC for a while, but they've been pretty competitive in the ACC for a minute, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, you know, it's not like UCF is not is is not willing to compete. You know, we are willing to compete. We've shown the investment in order to do that. I think the question is, can you? You know, the talent gap is not going to be made up overnight, and we saw this where UCF. I thought UCF's biggest problem this year was depth when guys got hurt there was not enough talent quite behind them behind those guys in order to make up for it and there were games where we got physically beaten a couple times late in the game in particular Kansas State I thought Kansas um you know the Oklahoma game they you know we, we gave them everything that we had and it just wasn't enough to get over the hump. I think a more experienced team also takes care of Baylor and then we don't have that, that, that comeback. We don't give up that comeback, but you know, that shows you the difference. That's, that's that extra step. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and, and it's coming. I mean, right now, we, you know, we still have a bunch of guys on this team that were, that played in the American nothing against those dudes, a lot of them can play in this level and have proven that they can play at the big 12 level, but there's a difference between the ACC and the big 12. all my buddies who I was talking talking with you know we were at the big 12 and media people, everybody I've talked to they said, the one argument that they made that I thought was like hey, you might be right about that was you know hey, you yeah, you can win one game situation anywhere, but you know against anybody. we know that. We've proven it time and time again. But what happens when you got to do that week in and week out? The grind is real,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we saw it this year. And and still found a way to get to 500 in a bowl game. Yeah, that's you know, and that's that that's a tribute to the coaching staff and a tribute to the players that they were able to 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 get it done. And and I I do I think that they're looking at it saying, you know, they left at least the Baylor game on the table. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I and, think so. And you consider too what a you know a healthy John Rice Plumley might have pivoted yeah. a game or two. You never know.
1: Yep. No, you're right. Um. And but again, that's the that's that's the depth, mm-hmm. right? Look at the other teams in the in the conference who lost their court. I mean, can't well, think about Kansas State when they lost Will Howard. Mm-hmm. He came back. He was practically hobbling around the field and still found a way to beat us mm-hmm. late in the game. So, you know, and actually, and nothing against John Rice, my God. I mean, the, the kid has given 110% of himself, you know, uh, this entire season. You can, I can never call that into question. He really, you know, I was always in his corner. He really showed me something. I think he showed all of us something this year with the way he played. But, you know, it's still, he's, he he's more, his game is more effective at the AAC level than it is, at the big 12, at least right now, because he was getting the living tar kicked out of him by some of these defensive lines. And even though he was a much, he was a much less reckless quarterback this year than he was last year in terms of his ability to take off and run. um, it, it, Those hits add up. They take a toll. Mm-hmm.
0: So, And I would also would point out too that, you know, Look at how he improved as a passer. I think we can yeah. give Darren Henshaw a lot of credit uh, uh, in that in that regard, and you know, because there was a lot of folks that you know he's not he's, he's playing baseball. He's not fully dedicated to football. Uh, I think we found he was able to be dedicated to both.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I never, I never bought that part. Like, like it, he, he's an athlete yes. first and he's foremost. He's a great right? athlete. Yes, absolutely right. There, He's one of those guys that, like, there's no sport that he could take on that he wouldn't be good at. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you throw him out. If he, if he learned how to skate uh, and you played ice hockey against him, he would, he he would be like, like Yaramir Yager against, against, against you and me. You know, I mean, he'd be amazing at it. Right. So I never really bought the whole thing about, like, oh, he's only half committed. I mean, if anything, he was over committed to everything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, but he really worked. I think the, the real difference was it was year two mm-hmm. here. Right? It was it was the first time since I think twenty nineteen that he had two consecutive years where he was actually a quarterback. Yep. So that makes a huge difference. I keep going back to it, you know, and, and I'm not make, I'm not making this exact comparison for those of you who are gonna yell at me on social media later, but <laughs> Remember the difference between what happened with Mackenzie Milton from year one to year two? Oh
0: yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Poor Mackenzie was booed off the field in the Cure Bowl. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> I have receipts.
1: So, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's it just. I think the importance of taking that uh, of being here for another year. It matters. It matters in your in every player's development, not just a quarterback, but in every position.
0: Yeah. Well, one highlight we can talk about for sure, you know, the Baylor game was the low light. Right. But then the highlight was Oklahoma State and the thumping that uh, UCF put on them. Now, I know you're 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 kind of where you sit and where you're doing public address announcement for the game. You're emotionally involved, but you're not emotionally involved. Right. Is that a fair way to say it? Uh, I have I have to ride the throttle,
1: mm-hmm. as they say. Yeah. Okay. So, but you could see the but but I'm see I'm unique in that I still got that fan in me, mm-hmm. right? It's just that you know I, I I know where to pull back, and I I'm also a fan of the game. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a fan of like. You know, if you watch me on the sidelines during basketball, especially at the last game we had against Ole Miss, like some of the the guys for Ole Miss were making some unbelievable high level plays. And you'll see me, I'll be be like, oh, oh my goodness. You know, um, I'm not saying it into the microphone, of course, but like, I I just, uh, you know, I don't want to be like both teams played hard guy, but I'm like, you know, like I I just love watching the sport, Mm -hmm. football, basketball, whatever played at a high level. And that Oklahoma State game was – it was kind of unusual because I also uh, have the whole, you know, early 2000s UCF fan thing in the back of my head where I'm, like, constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I'm like, this is incredible. I can't believe we're doing this. And I'm like, oh, wow, we're off to a good start. But – you know, we got to keep we we got to keep our foot on the on the gas here because, you know, it'll get it'll get bad in a hurry. It, it, it can't get bad in a hurry, and we saw that in the Baylor game. Yeah, I was not comfortable until the fourth quarter. Oh, I me neither. Really I had PTSD, you know,
0: I, yeah. I had PTSD from the you know, I'm sitting there yeah. drenched, soaking wet, and I'm still like, I should be just freaking out happy, but I can't I, be yet.
1: <laughs> I know. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't take a breath really until about midway through the fourth, and I was like, "Okay, we're 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 good. We're good here, you know." So, um, but that's the thing is like I, I think you have to, you know, when it comes to also being on PA, you have to be a part of the drama because you know I've watched enough football, I've watched enough basketball to know anything can happen, mm-hmm. especially with us and. You know, it might be easy for you know fans to rest on your laurels, but I got I got enough stories, man, to tell you. Hey, remember remember this? You know, so you well know, buckle hey. your buckle your seatbelts every single time. Like we can't take these games for granted anymore, especially in the Big Twelve.
0: Oh yeah, and and yeah, and the game has changed so much. Like you know, it used to be a twenty four point lead was just rock solid. You know, twenty years. Oh ago. yeah. Now that's yeah. that, twenty four yeah, point 10 lead minutes. against.
1: <laughs> yeah, twenty four point lead against you know. Well, I was going to say Tulsa, but no. Um, <laughs> uh, a twenty-four point lead against East Carolina in the third quarter—you're fine.
0: Yeah,
1: twenty-four point lead against—well, Baylor, TCU, BYU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Mm-mm. Yeah, I- I'm not. I- I'm not comfortable.
0: Yeah. I, I would you know. know. I've,
1: <laughs> I've seen. I've seen it all, and and I and I don't and and sometimes it, I've seen enough to know that I have not seen it all. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I, that's. I, I think that's kind of where I stand
0: on that. Yeah. Well, of course, now that we've hit the end of the football season, you know, we have the transfer portal, which is now also affected by NIL. So let's talk about the transfer transfer portal first. So, okay. you know. So far, it doesn't look like there's been a heavy amount of attrition for the knights, uh, but that you know there's still time for for that to play out and everything. So we have free agency in, in, in college football, and it's unlimited free agency. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't like go it. that it, far. It feels like it. It feels like it compared to the pros, but
1: I, I, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that. Okay, for a couple reasons. All right. All right? We do not have free agency. Now, I sympathize with the idea that, you know, you and I, when we were going to college, theoretically, we could transfer every year. Mm -hmm. Why is it that an athlete can't? Right? So there's that. Um, Now, they talk about one free transfer. Well, Remember, there are still waivers that have to go through, and yes, you can. Tra- I think the difference is you can transfer and play right away, mm-hmm. right? And we're and this is still a new thing, and it's the same thing with NIL, and we'll get to this in a minute with the transfer portal. We've seen the numbers where less than forty percent of guys who enter the transfer portal in any sport land somewhere you know, where they're either at the level that they were at or they move up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of them move down, right? FCS, one A, or maybe Power 5 to G5, if you want to think about it that way. Um, or don't get picked up at all. And there's a couple things you have to bear in mind. Number one is we see all these announcements of these players saying, oh, I've decided, you know, thank you so much, UCF. I'm, you know, I had a wonderful time here, but I'm putting myself into the transfer portal. All right, number one, used to be that when guys, you know, it, the, remember these scholarships are four one-year scholarships that are renewed at the dispense of the program,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So essentially they're four one-year contracts. And a lot of guys, you know, after a season have their end of the year, you know, uh, exit meeting with the coach and they'd be like, you know, it's not really working. The coach will tell the player, yeah, it's not really working out. And, you know, we're not going to renew your scholarship next year. Okay. And now, yeah, and it used to be like those guys, you know, from year to year, they would just vanish. You know, that the George O'Leary era, you know, we had we had, a, we had a, a, an acronym for it. Remember it? N- NGE. <laughs> NGE, which stood for not good enough. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, that's not to say that any guys, you know, are, are NGE, but, you know, Guys come in certain guys develop guys get passed on the depth chart and tough decisions have to be made so so now the difference is back then these guys would just vanish into the ether maybe you found them on a roster somewhere mm-hmm. at like Bethune Cookman or Jacksonville State. Now the end result of that meeting is five minutes later the, the kid hops onto his Instagram account and he and he and he opens up you know notes on his iPhone and he types out his thank you letter. With that being said, I'm in the transfer portal. Anyone want to come, you know, it's and and so it's like it, it makes it seem like it's it's their decision when it really wasn't, right? And so now there's the, and so now we're all like, "Oh my god, all these guys are leaving." Well, some of these guys they weren't going to they they weren't contributing at the level that we expected them to, so they're moving on. So I think there's a little bit of inflation of the perception of the transfer portal. And I know this. I'm sorry. This is a really long one. No, no, that's no, good. Um, the other part about this is we are finally coming to the very tail end of the extra COVID eligibility year, filtering through the system. Yes. Okay. And that also allowed guys an extra year. So that's why you see guys like like remember uh, how quickly we forget Ryan O'Keefe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Felt like he wasn't with us all that long. Ryan O'Keefe got his degree and went to Boston College because he he could get his graduate degree. Like, I mean, you and I, you know, we would go, you know, I went to a different institution to get my graduate degree. I went to Syracuse University, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So instead of UCF. So, like, that's okay. He's getting, and he's getting his graduate degree paid for by the other institution via via a scholarship and that's good that's 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 furthering your education mm-hmm. so anybody who you know who's upset about a guy leaving as a grad transfer which i know is not an undergrad transfer but you know check how many years they've been at your institution first because if they've gotten their degree they can move on and get their master's degree and that's good for the player that's good for society in general i think
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, and yeah, you're right about the COVID thing because you know we got guys that are you know with red shirts and all that stuff, you know, playing six oh, yeah. seven years in college football.
1: Right, <laughs> you could do, do like a red shirt, a med. You know, some guys had a medical red shirt, then they get an extra year due to COVID. Then, you know, you could have you could theoretically have a grad transfer come in who never got any extra eligibility is like 24 years old. I mean, usually you would only see that at BYU because guys would go on missions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's, it's about perspective. It's like, you got to, I I wish, I wish fans everywhere would just kind of step back and think, wait a second. It's not, it's not free agency. It's just a little bit different. And there is, and the disincentive to transfer, which is the year off has been removed. And I think that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the perspective on that. That's a, you know, uh, I had not considered some of the, of what you said. So no, that's good food for thought. Good, good. God, that's
1: what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: No, that's, and that's why we have, have guys like you on the show to bring us perspective. Um, so, Let's tie into nil. We were we we started to chat about that briefly before we started rolling rolling the yeah. audio here. So, give me your full Jeff Sharon take on nil.
1: Sure. <laughs> I, I, first of all, in in on balance, I think it's a good thing. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm not the only one who grew up playing NCAA football '98 on my PlayStation. As UCF in the Citrus Bowl, and the quarterback was QB number eight, <laughs> and doesn't it, it doesn't take too much brain power to figure out who that guy actually was in 1998 on UCF, wearing number eight, right? Yep. <laughs> but you and I know that's him. He knows that's him, but he's not. But Dante Culpepper wasn't. You know that that's literally his image and likeness there yep. right so it you know and i and i think that it's it's perfectly like okay supposedly these are amateur athletes right and they and i still believe that they are right um they are obviously getting their education compensated for but you know they can also endorse products we've seen that actually here at uc i thought it was great when uh when i saw Raniah jones from the track and field team doing an ad for i think it was I think it was Addition Financial Credit Union. I, I I can't remember. Um, it was some financial institution. Uh when Mikey Keene went out to Fresno State, he did a commercial for a for like Fresno Bank or something like that. I don't know. Um, whatever the local bank is out there in Fresno, California. He did he did he did one. I was and I saw, I was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, good, good for those kids, you know. And I and there was, you know, and I I caught a lot of heat one time for saying that, you know, way back in the day that I thought you know donald Delahaye was vindicated mm, because yeah. he was a content creator ostensibly in an educational setting practicing for what would be his career as a as a video producer and host and he couldn't monetize his youtube channel yeah now we could have an argument about you know about the legal ramifications of that and how you know and who he filed suit against but sometimes that you know that legal battle is the cost of doing business in 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 blazing a trail that enabled name image and likeness to be something that college athletes could could you know could in theory sell mm-hmm. now that's the good part about it the the part where i where i think fans to a certain degree justifiably kind of get a little yucked out is the is sometimes like the the perceived lack of transparency on behalf of all of the collectives that are out there mm-hmm. especially in the SEC the big Ten in the big cup comp- where there's a lot of money flying around oh here. yeah <laughs> now I think there's an opportunity and I saw what I, I saw the NCAA brought up a um that the NCAA is trying to create or one of the proposals that was brought up just recently was the creation of a new division, sort of reclassifying uh, college sports where you could have like, like an NIL division, right. Or, and then a non NIL division. And then I guess something, else. I mean, I, I, w- I think it would make sense if, you know, how you funded athletes was kind of like the, was kind of the, the way it would work. Mm-hmm. Um, But I do think that if the NCAA wants to make this work, there's a real opportunity here. I think they need to find a way to make the funding of NIL transparent so that the fans can see where their donations are going. Like, we can see... You know, in UCF's budget, because UCF is a is a is a public institution, you can look it up on the internet. Since there, since UCF athletics is a five hundred one c three, you can look up that budget and see where the dollars are going. I think that if that that for this to really work and be for the fans, something like that has to happen with the collectives, because right now it's just a black box. And we don't really know what's going on there. And we live in a, in a time where we are all extremely suspicious of institutions that ask us for money.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay.
1: Yeah. So, so if I were king of the NCAA, I would make, I would make every dime publicly, where it comes from and where it goes, publicly available on the website. And then I would want it to, I'd want it to resemble as closely as possible the, how the green Bay Packers are, are organized. The Packers are a public, you know, are, are publicly, technically. Owned, yeah. Yeah. Publicly owned franchise. Their stock doesn't, doesn't matter. Right. You know, you can buy stocks. What they really do is they just raise funds by selling stock to like put an addition on Lambeau field or something, you know, mm-hmm. update the seats or something, you know, but I think that's a good, that that's a good way of doing it. You know, who else does that is soccer clubs uh, around, around Europe. Like um, I believe FC Barcelona does something similar to that
0: mm-hmm.
1: where you, you pay a membership and you're, and your money goes to the upkeep of the club and all that kind of stuff. And so there's, and so there's, you, that's how they've built that huge community of fandom. Right. So I think college sports could be like that. You know, hey, you, you know, and it, but the only way for us to really buy into it is for it to have near or, or actually total transparency.
0: And, and that kind of brings us to, the recent dust up with the kingdom. Right. So, you know, there was a, there was a a lot of, a lot of conversation on social media uh, regarding the fact that uh, there's a a big sector that doesn't feel like there's any transparency at all. We have, you know, an image of somebody from the kingdom on a private plane, which kind of raises some suspicions. Uh, Give me your, your thoughts on, on, on that. It's it's
1: kind of it's kind of just what I was talking about. Like, you know, I, I know for a fact that the way UCF runs it is above board, right? Because, and this is something interesting that was told to me a while back by a friend of mine. You know, our rise was so quick prior to NIL that the admin that a lot of the that a lot of the administrations, in particular Danny White and, and Terry Mahajers continue this. The the whole idea was like, look, guys, we have got to be above board. We have to have all of our I's dotted and T's crossed because there is a microscope on us. You don't get to where we from where we were to where we are without people being suspicious of how we did it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the age of the microwave dynasty is over. There's just too much money flying around. Mm-hmm. So, it, were there are there are there going to be missteps? Yes, there there were missteps with other NIL collectives around the country, right? And that's where the lack of regulation, the lack of uh, of really just kind of the the instruction manual of how to do it the right way and strike a balance between. The interests of an organization and the fans' perception of it, you know, and and, and the other thing, it, it, I, I think that's that's that kind of plays into it. Like I said, we are all we're living in an era where we are distrustful of institutions, mm-hmm. and when a new kind of institution comes around, who's who immediately starts up by saying, "Please donate us money," and then you hear all the horror stories that are happening everywhere about you know, NIL money being, you know, you know, funneled through to this guy or that guy. And it's like at larger institutions where they're, let me tell you something, there's some wild stuff that goes on at some, at some of these places. And I'll just leave it at that. But like, you know, for our little cottage industry here at UCF, you know, I, it's, I, it, yeah, it wasn't, it, I mean, I, I just think that we're, we're everyone across this the country right now is in this position where we're like like what, okay what do we need to do
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know like what do we need to do to make this above board and no one trusts the NCAA because Lord knows they have a great track record of regulating <laughs> things um but I don't know it's just you, you, when, when there's no one out there to trust then you end up trusting the guys and gals who are closest to you
0: mm-hmm.
1: right oh we do it the right way you know so it's just hard we we really do and if you ask people who are involved in, at any school in NL they'll tell you like we need something man because this is like there's this is it people say it's out of hand I don't think it's out of hand but I just I just feel like there's got to be a better way. Somebody's got to write the rule book for this.
0: Yeah. Some some sort of organization would definitely be a must. And you kind of look at this aspect too. It's like you know, a fan will buy tickets. A fan mm. buys merchandise. Fan buys concessions when goes goes to said games. You're given mm. money already. Now these collectives are, you know, it's it's like okay, the fans need to Step it up here and things like that. When does it become too much?
1: And <laughs> that's that's a great question. <laughs> um, I think we're kind of a, we're kind of approaching that upper limit. You know, I was talking about I was talking about this with a buddy of mine. Um, the expansion of college sports, major college sports, your Big Ten, your SEC, your Pac twelve, RIP, um, ACC schools. Largely, the investments that happen largely happen in an era where tuition was fairly cheap. And those alumni who, you know, got their educations from these land grant universities, you know, for a fairly reasonable price, you know, decide, you know, had a lot of disposable income and very little student debt, if any. Mm -hmm. And so what did they do? They donated to the institution because like, hey, man, we need, you know, Things were looking a little ragged there. We had a good time, but, you know, we need a new chemistry building. We need a new football stadium. We need to add to, you know, so the disposable income was there. Well, what's happened in the last 25 years? Cost of college has gone up. The costs of going to college in addition to the cost of college itself. Right. Has gone up. How have people my age and younger funded it through student loans? Mm hmm. And so that drops the amount of disposable income. It does two things. Number one, it actually does drop the amount of disposable income that you know we can spend on things like athletic donations and, and and stuff like that. And then the other thing is, and I found that, and I really I came to this realization when I got a letter in the mail from from Syracuse University, where I went to grad school, an expensive private school. Thank God I only had to go there for one year to get my (laughs) master's degree. Because if I had to go for any longer than that, oh, my God. But and and the cost of it has doubled since I went there. Mm. And they're over here asking, you know, hey, you know, give orange on Giving Tuesday. Right. And I'm like. No, (laughs) I'm not donating to you. (laughs) I've already donated. A lot of money to you guys, right? Like it's you know in the form and and when I got back for it, it was my master's degree. Thankfully, I'm putting it to work, but no, I'm not giving you more money. So, yeah, I do think that as as alumni bases get you know as our alumni base ages, mm-hmm. the there's going to be a bit of a there could be a bit of a squeeze. Okay, between athletic donations and, you know, our obligations to, you know, student loan. Now, thankfully, I think, you know, those of us who who came through UCF in the early 2000s when we made the big jump in in, in, in school population, you know, we're kind of finally getting around to paying off those student loans. Not all of us, but we're finally getting around to it. But I'm very curious to know what happens mm. when – You know, UCF comes and knock and saying, "Hey, you want to donate to, you know, to uh, to this or that?" And how many people are going to be like, "You know what? I would, but no, I already, I just (laughs) finished paying my student loans, and now, you know, you know what I mean." So it's so it's hard. So you got to find that revenue in other in other places, corporate donations, um, you know, various other various other places, and yet, you know, we just got word today of a big donation.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, to the uh to the uh, football program. It was from, the Ronnie uh, Thow, Ron right? yep. Ron Thau, yeah. yeah. So um, you know, so so that's you know, I mean the the money, you know, it's it's not that there won't be money there. There will be. It just, I just I don't think that it will quite be the the, wind, the 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 windfall won't won't be there like it has been the last 20 years as the boomers age out and as the millennials take over.
0: Yeah, that's that'll be very, very curious to keep an eye on as, as, as that time transpires. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other thing that kind of drives me a little crazy about uh, about all this, too, is like the one term I hate more than anything else is the is the is the term super fan. Like what makes you a better fan <laughs> than me, and all this stuff, and I kind of feel like this nil stuff kind of yep. promotes that stuff. You know, well, I give money, so I'm a, I'm 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 a I'm a super fan or or whatever.
1: I, 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 I'm with you on that. I you know because like I don't like the whole stratification of fandom. Yes. You know either like yeah. it's like is oh well I you know it, you know well I'm I'm a I'm a bigger fan than you because I you know pay more money or do this that yeah you know, I. I I like, 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 believe it or not, one of my previous jobs, I went to, you know, I, one of the schools I covered was Clemson. And their athletic uh, foundation's name is IPTA. We all see those, you know, if you ever see this, I-P-T-A-Y.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you ever go to Clemson, you'll see someone wearing, wearing those shirts. What that stands for is I pay 10 a year, as in $10. Mm. And the way it started out was in back during the depression. This is how it was told to me. So I forgive me if I get this wrong. Any Clemson fans listening, you know, back during the depression, you know, Clemson was really struggling as an athletic department. And if Clemson's a public school, by the way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think, I think, I think people forget that because it's not like it doesn't have a state name in it or, you know, or anything like that. But Clemson's a public school. And they were worried about losing athletics entirely and, and everything going under. And so they, they came up with an idea of like everyone around, not just the students, but around the community, you know, donate just all, all we were asking for is $10 a year. And it can be $10 in any form. Like if you want to donate $10 worth of apples from your orchard, we'll take it, <laughs> you know? and, and, and that, saved Clemson's athletic department through the great depression
0: mm.
1: and it turned into an institution. So now like I, I'm a, I'm very much a fan of like the, the set it and forget it like micro donation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know um, you know, where, I mean, we, ca- we kind of have a version of that for the students now with them paying the athletic fee, which is still one of the largest athletic fees in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's why the students get access to the sporting events is because they're funding it. Yep. Right. So, and so far, you know, until the big 12 money really starts rolling, that's the biggest piece of the pie. So, you know, I I think that, you know, if, if there's a way to sort of continue that, you know, um, that can be a way forward because like, you know, as we both know, we have a massive alumni base. Yep. So, a little bit from a lot can make up for a lot from a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. And I think also, you know, and God bless uh, social media, which I have a very much have a love hate relationship with, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it kind of perpetuates some of these things a little bit to where we didn't yeah, used to hear but, about it as much in the day. Right.
1: Right. But, but you know what? Okay. Okay. Jeff, you and I, I, I I got all right you got to learn the thing that i have finally learned and that is the world is not social media right
0: (laughs) no i I agree with that
1: you know i it took me a while to figure that out you know i mean just go look at my old tweets and you'll know and you'll figure it out but like i've even i've kind of like stepped back a little bit i'm on threads now much more often which is great you know i kind of like it but um you know It's like we were kind of all out there, and now we're kind of stepping back because you know. I mean, what are people going to take to to a public forum to communicate about? Well, grievances. (laughs) Yeah. You know, some. some, I I told a student of mine, um, who I teach my. I was like, you know, the thing is, they're like, you know, well, what, what, why is, why do people always cover, you know, in journalism like bad things happening? I'm like, because the, you know we don't send TV crews to talk about the trees that cats did not get stuck in today, (laughs) you know? So, you know, it's, it's usually out of the ordinary. That's where, that's where messages have to come out from. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, people go on there, they complain, you know, and, and look, that's, that's everyone's right. That's everyone's right to do. But it's important for those of us who are listening, you know, it's like, you know, should we react? Should we pay attention? Is the complaint valid? If not, don't engage with it. Yeah. You know, and and that's what I've learned late in life, you know, that, that like, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to be like, hold on, honey, someone's wrong on the internet. You know, <laughs> it's, um, it's,
0: yeah,
1: I, I, we don't have to do that. And, and life is much better at that in that way too. You know?
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, it's, it's all, it's almost like it's become, Twitter has become festivus all the time, the airing of grievances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
1: it's not just Twitter; it's <laughs> Facebook. Like Facebook has gotten yeah, it's gotten a little it's gotten nuts too, almost as bad as Twitter got in a hurry. Um, you know, and so yeah, yeah. So, so I I tend to not I've learned to not nearly pay attention to it as much as as much as I used to. And the other thing that I've learned is like if. You know, if something goes wrong, like, and I need to know about it, I'm going to know about it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, it's not going to cut. It's, you know, if I need to know about it, I will be informed of it, not via social media.
0: (laughs) That's for sure. Well, uh, before I let you run, uh, Mm -hmm. what do you think about the bowl game?
1: Uh, What an interesting matchup. Yes. Um, This is one of those things where, like, I I think the bowls are getting better. At figuring out like, you know, if it's not a big time, you know, New Year's six matchup, at least it's something that makes you go, huh? Or at least it makes the the fans who are followers of those teams go, oh, that's kind of interesting. So we're playing Georgia Tech. They are we're still playing them, right?
0: The, the ACC yeah. hasn't changed their mind, right? <laughs> no, no, they haven't changed their mind. I, I, thought
1: it was a good, I thought it was a good call by them to flip Duke and Georgia Tech. Yeah, me too. I didn't want to play Duke a second time. Yeah. And, you know, I would rather play Georgia Tech because, you know, I mean, familiarity breeds contempt, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Brent, Brent Key is the head coach at Georgia Tech. George O'Leary, I hear, is going to be at the game. Nice. Um, you know, we, there's still a couple of people from Georgia Tech who were at UCF the last time we played them. Jeff Collins was the head coach, mm-hmm. um, uh, and he was here. And then after we throttled them here in Orlando, uh, they fired him and replaced him with Brant Key,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who, of course, you know, as everybody, seemingly everybody knows, was nearly the head coach here at one point. But... um, like I mean I, I'm I'm happy because first of all all right it's a it's another power conference opponent it's a nearby power conference opponent mm-hmm. the game is close to us I'd rather play in Tampa than God bless him but you know I mean it's a shorter drive from here to Tampa than it is to Shreveport yep <laughs> uh, and. Yeah, and it's against a familiar opponent with familiar faces on the other sideline. I think it's I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to get a better game from Georgia Tech than we would have gotten from Duke because Georgia Tech is not going through a coaching transition right now. Yep. And they also don't have a quarterback with one foot out the door and the other on a banana peel. Right. But um it, but I, I we can even, are, I can even
0: take you back into history a little bit too to Mike Cruz yeah. I mean, oh yeah, when we lost three to O'Leary in Georgia when he was at Georgia, and, Jack, right? and we had them on the ropes twice. Right,
1: right. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Know, and and now everyone knows where our PTSD comes from.
0: Yes, but uh, I think if
1: I'm a, I think we're I think we're still we're favored in that game, right? Still, I think, I believe uh, we are. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 trying to look it up right now. Um Four and a half. Okay, I saw it. You know. And, and uh, so, you know, I don't know if they. I mean, I, I, I don't know what they know uh, what they know about us that we don't. But I, I like the fact that it's a Friday night, primetime game, six thirty. It's in Tampa. I mean, what more can you really ask for if you're if you're a UCF fan? Yeah,
0: you know? I, mean, I
1: it, not- aside, aside from you know getting to the New Year Six.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Like I went to the Military Bowl last year, and it's like, okay, well, I don't know if I, you know. And I'm glad I went. Being at the Naval yeah. Academy is a great, a great experience, and all that. Annapolis stuff. is beautiful. It is, yeah. So glad I did that. But it's like this year, it's like okay, I would be okay closer to home. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean it's it's a
1: drive, it's a drivable game. Yes. So, you know, that's that's what I that, that's what I like about, it. and that's that's the fun part about being at UCF. I mean, if we were, you know, it, I mean, if you're Central Arkansas, I mean, you know, I know they're an FCS team, but like you know, they have to go. You know, all over the place to find. You know, if I mean, they're not. Yeah, like I said, they are FCS, but they got to travel a long way to get to wherever it is. Arkansas State. We'll use the visiting or Arkansas State. Right? They got they got to travel a long way. Yeah, we don't. We're here in Florida. How awesome is that? We could play here. We could play in Boca. We could play, you know, in Miami. We could play. In Jacksonville, there's a lot of, you could play in Atlanta. There's a lot of options at our
0: disposal. So even in Orlando, <laughs> you play in Orlando,
1: you know, and and we probably will play in Orlando again one day in 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 the not too distant future. So, um, and I would look forward to that. I, you know, I you, I'll, people I'll, forget, you know, some some of these teams that host their own bowl game, like it's hard to play some of those plays. Like Boise State used to play in the famous Idaho Potato, but it used to be called the Humanitarian Bowl. Yep, Remember that? Yep, I do. Um. It, it, they, you know, people would go up to the blue turf and get slaughtered the week before Christmas every single year. And I was like, oh, the blue turf at Boise. Wow. Bowl game. Look what happened to Boston College or somebody like that. Yeah. You know? or, or, or the worst one. And we know this one. Although we didn't play them, but Hawaii. Yes.
0: The I mean, sleeping out to yeah.
1: Hawaii, you go to a luau every night and then you, and then you got to play June Jones in the run and shoot, <laughs> you know, in front of 65,000 people at a, at the old Aloha stadium, you know, rest in peace. It's not, it, it, they're, they're knocking it down, but, um, you know, that's no, if, if that was tough. Yeah. You know, we didn't play them. We played Nevada. Of course, that's a whole other ball of wax. Yeah. And another, another, another reason why we all have, you know, uh, ptfd post-traumatic fan disorder <laughs> but um but yeah i mean it's you know i, I like kind of I, the opportunity that we could have to be like you know oh, yeah we host the ball game you want to come down here and play us we'll put on a good time and then we'll then we'll beat the tar out of you for three and a half hours in our place how do you like that
0: yeah well i'm still hoping pop tarts is the sponsor uh, when UCF makes that bowl, uh, I
1: am in favor of food items that I ate as a kid being sponsors of bowl games all the way up and down. Pop parts, Cheez-Its, uh We need. What else do we need? We, uh, you know, Oreos oh, you know, have to be involved in this.
0: Right, so the, the Sun Bowl, you know, Frosted Flakes, Tony the Tiger, right? Yeah. Tony the Tiger, Frosted
1: Flakes. Yeah. Like like, pour a bucket of Frosted Flakes on Gus Malzahn at the end of the game. Um, I think it's fantastic. The mayo thing, I, no, I, no, <laughs> no, I'm not
0: a. I mean, I, I don't like hate mayo, mayo. But, but yeah, but that...
1: yeah, I, I don't hate mayo, but I, I like it. You know, I like it on a good, you know, Italian sandwich, but I, you know, I'm not. I don't want it on me. <laughs> um, you know, I, yeah, I, but. Yeah, like yeah pop tarts everywhere like uh, show me all the pop tart flavors in the press box yeah you know i mean
0: that would be good stuff have a toaster
1: right there i like mine well done
0: thank you yes outstanding well jeff as always man i appreciate it uh, you always bring some great entertainment to the program and uh and uh, this is kind of becoming glad kind of, i could be of service yes yes <laughs> you know this is kind of become a tradition you know uh, uh annually so i i do appreciate your time as always
1: Jeff, it's always good to talk to you and thank you for having me on. Um, Let's do it again soon. Right. I mean, we got basketball now, you know, we got, we got conference play coming up right around the corner. This is funny. I I always, I always get excited when, you know, you bring on my buddy, uh, Elo, Eric Lopez. And then, you know, cause, cause you know, like the whole joke with me and Elo, right? Like, which one? Like we are <laughs> uh, Yeah. Well we are we are the we are the married couple of UCF sports, right? We argue like Mike and the Mad Dog about everything. But the reason why is because you know is because we you know we really love and respect each other so much. And we, we've always he and I have always talked about like we got okay, we gotta do something and then we gotta have somebody referee it. Brian Murphy used to do that for us, Mm -hmm. and we would love to have you referee it. Oh,
0: well, we we'll have to do that then.
1: Yeah, we got to we got to figure this out at some point because you know. But I I love it when you have. uh, I love being on your show. I love listening to your show. I love listening to when you have some folks that I know on the show. It's always a blast. And um and thank you so much. It's good to see you. Same here.
0: Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88 on Facebook at JeffAllen88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs.